0: We're far from home It's for the better What we dream It's all that matters We're on our way United Turn the crowd up now We'll never back down We Shoot down the skyline Watch it on prime time. Turn up the love now Listen up now Turn up the love Who's gonna say It's gonna bring it back to life We're gonna make it you and I We're gonna save the world tonight
1: Chapter 25 Here they come! Tobias yelled. 30 seconds, if... Children my butt, Rachel said. They're murderers. They're what cryeth made them, I said. They have a lifespan of three years. They have no mature phase. They don't reproduce. They're grown in a factory. There are no adult howlers. I looked hard at Eric. Did you know? Before? No. When you absorbed Howler memories, did you realize they are children? I demanded. They slaughtered my creators, Eric said stonily. Crowd is thinning out, X-Man!
2: Tobias yelled. They're gonna have a shot! So what, we let them walk away? Just because they're not adults?
1: Marco demanded. It's not going to be up to us. I said grimly. If the plan works, Kryak will. It's not just Kryak," Cussie said. We're the ones forcing the... The sound of flechette guns in the street outside our door. Only a dozen feet from us. Ah! Axe cried in pain. He's hit! Tobias yelled. Juveniles or adults. They massacred my creators. They made refugees of the Chi. They murdered my world, Eric said through gritted teeth. No choice, man, Marco said. They don't know, I said. Was I pleading? What did I think we could do? It was too late. Them or us? Them or the entire escort race? But they didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know. My head was swimming. The howlers were what someone else had made them. How do you hate a creature for doing what it has been taught to do? I had gloated when that howler fell to its death. And now, no choice. No choice. Places, I ordered. Get ready. Marco, Cassie, and Rachel all moved swiftly into place. Eric, too. Guide stayed close. Wham! The door blew back on its hinges. Axe stumbled, bleeding, into the room. The first howler was two seconds behind him. He bounded into the room. Rachel, Marco, and Cassie hit him, simply barreling into him. Eric snatched up Guide like the escort was made of feathers. He jumped to the door. Guide clung to Eric's neck, terrified, as Eric filled the doorway. The first howler kicked with shocking power and sent Rachel stumbling back. A swipe of his arm, with retractable claws down, ripped red lines in Cassie's side. She fell. He aimed his flechette gun. Marco hit him from behind. His aim went wild, ripping a line across the wall and up onto the ceiling. The pursuing howlers stopped abruptly at the doorway. Altogether, they might dislodge Eric, but Eric was holding guide. The rules of engagement. The howlers could not kill an escort. The first howler spun and nailed Marco with a fist. Not till he pulled back did I realize that fist held a knife. The handle now protruded from Marco's stomach. He stared at it, disbelieving. And now, the howler steadied his Lachette gun, ready to finish Rachel off. Now! I yelled. The howler looked at me and blinked.
0: Forget them! This way!
1: I ordered. The howler was trying to clear his head. He recognized me, but he knew I was dead. Wasn't I? Their leader, over here, I said, desperately hoping against hope he'd buy it. I took off at a trot. The howler followed. I almost collapsed from relief. I stopped suddenly. The howler stopped too, wondering what. I hit him. Once. Twice. Three times. Each blow aimed with howler eyes. Each blow directed at weak spots that only another howler would recognize. He was down. Barely. The other howlers were solving the Eric and Guide problem. They were burning several new holes in the walls. Guide couldn't be in front of all of them. In seconds, the howlers would be inside. No! I yelled in thought speak. But Marco was unable to respond. He was transfixed, looking at the knife in his stomach. Marco! The memory emitter! Now! He's getting up! It was Axe, bleeding and staggering, who suddenly thrust a small, shiny device into my hand. I gave him a nod, took a deep breath, and slapped the probe onto the howler's head. Time for an education, I said. The howler glared at me with his dead blue eyes. He leapt up. He drew his dracon beam weapon. He aimed it nowhere. He shuddered. He started again to aim the weapon. Then he shuddered again. His eyes closed. I stopped breathing. Into the howler's head flowed all the memories of my life. From vague early images of my mother's face above my crib, to riding on my dad's back at some amusement park, to school, to friends, to all that had happened since we'd taken a shortcut through an abandoned construction site. All that I remembered of my life was flowing into the howler's brain. And the lives of Cassie and Rachel and Marco and Axe and Tobias. And even Guide. And the long, long memory of the android who called himself Eric. All that we emptied into the howler's head. And from there would flow into the endless pool of collective howler memory. Is it working? Cassie wondered. Suddenly, the howler disappeared. He was simply gone. The dragon beams no longer burned against the walls of the room. Eric stuck his head out through the door. They're gone, he said. Marco yanked the knife out of his stomach and began to demorph. In the time it took him to pull it out, we went from that small escort room to a very different place. Chapter 26 He was huge. No arms. Arms were irrelevant to him. He sat on what might have been a throne, or might have been part of him. I couldn't tell. Machine? Creature? Both? Or something that was neither? He turned his single, huge, blood-red eye and looked down at me. I was on my knees, human again. Hard steel beneath me. Darkness all around but I felt a hand touching mine. The others were with me too. With me, cowering beneath the seething evil creature called Cryak. I met his gaze. I closed my eyes, but I could still see him looking at me as he had watched me, mocking in my dreams. We meet at last, face to face, Kryak said in a low voice that vibrated up through the floor, through the air, a voice so low that it seemed it would shake my very atoms apart. I kept my eyes turned away, though it did no good. I wanted to stand, but I couldn't. I was shaking. My teeth were chattering. What? Not so brave now, little Jake. He mocked. Look at you, all of you, I nodded. Yeah, I am, I admitted in a weak voice. But we won. And then there was a laugh. A laugh that was as powerful as the awesome dread that flowed from Cryak. The big red eye snapped up, away from me. I breathed again. The laughter continued, gathering force, louder and louder, and more and more delighted. I turned and saw the elemist. He was in human guise, looking like a wise old man. No more his true face than Eric's face was true. Humans, the Elymas said, as if he were introducing us. Five humans, an Andalite, a Chi. It was a mistake allowing the Chi to escape from the doom of their Ammonite masters, Kryok said. The escort will live. The Elemis said. The eye showed no expression. The escort will live. Then he looked at me. Sleep well, human. He sneered. I'll still be
0: there in your dreams. And someday, when the time is right, you will suffer for this.
1: I climbed to my feet still holding Cassie's hand, I focused my mind on the Howler, and I began to morph. No one said anything till I was done, and when I was done, I opened my Howler mind to the collective memory that linked them all. I searched for the memories we had played for the Howler. I looked in the great memory pool for some memory of what had occurred on the escort planet. Nothing. Some memory of us, of five humans and an endolite, and a chi, and guide. But there was nothing. Kryak had destroyed the six remaining howlers before those memories could poison the minds of all howlers. He'd done what I knew, what I'd hoped, he'd do. The howlers had never been defeated, so they believed, but I knew that wasn't possible. Somewhere, somehow, someone had to have beaten them, at least once. Perfection was impossible. So, if the collective memory had no trace of defeat, it could only mean that Kryak had destroyed his defeated Howlers before the memory of Failure could infect them all. He might have done that many times over the millennia, always keeping the Howlers' collective memory from any taint that might weaken their innocent evil. He had no choice. A collective memory was very useful for spreading battle tactics and experience, but it was a weakness, too. Cryok could not allow his murderous children to learn one simple fact, that their victims were not part of a game, but real people with dreams and hopes and loves. Cryok had acted quickly. The memories of humans and Andalites, Chi and Iscord, had not been allowed to infect the Howler memory. Nothing had gotten through. No, not nothing. Sifting through the collective memory, through the unbroken chain of horror, I caught a single fugitive image, like a few seconds of film. Just a picture of Cassie, running to me, and our arms, and lips, and... I demorphed back to human, and when I had my own mouth again, I said, You were too late, Cryak. Something got through to the Howler's collective memory. What? He demanded. Love. Chapter 27 We were no longer with Kryak. We were back in that weird, n-dimensional space, where inside was outside, and nothing made any sense at all. Still, it was good to be away from Kryak. Good to be alive. You did well, the Elemis said. Did well? Did
2: well? Morko echoed. We kicked the butt of the meanest gang in the galaxy, whooped Kryak the Big Nasty, saved the escort, which I'm still not sure was a good thing, and planted a little sensitivity time bomb in the Howlers. And that's it? Job well done? And, oh, by the way, here's your insights to look at again as we zip through Inside Outworld. What would you like? The Elemist asked reasonably. I don't know. How about a reward or something?
1: How about telling us what we accomplished, if anything, I asked. Yeah, Rachel agreed. How about that? Suddenly, without any warning, we were back in Cassie's barn. Right where we'd been the instant before the elements had whisked us off to the escort planet. What did you accomplish? No one knows the future. Not for certain. But it is now more likely than it was before, that 300 years from now, the Yurks will encounter the escort. They will realize that they are related, and the Yurks will see that there is a better way. That's it? Tobias asked. Three centuries from now? How does that help us? It doesn't, the Elymas said. But within six months, Kryak will send a Howler force to annihilate a race called the Sharf Den. Instead of slaughtering the Sharf Den, The Howlers will try something different. The Elemist winked. They will attempt to kiss them. Craig will have lost his shock troops. And the Sheriff Den will... Well, no one knows the future for certain. Oh, however, you may be sure that Guide is now a very, very rich escort. With a laugh of pleasure, the Elemist was gone.
2: I really hate when he does that.
1: Tobias said. Okay, that does it. We're never inviting him over again, Marco said. It was good winning one, a big one. And that night, when I fell asleep, the eye of Kryok was no longer in my dreams. Instead, I dreamed about Cassie. But in my dreams, I also saw that howler falling and falling beside me. Falling still as I spread my wings and split my fate from his. Marco's always saying you choose how to see the world. That you can look at what's funny and cool, or you can focus on all the things that aren't. So I tried to follow Marco's advice. I tried to turn my dreams to Cassie. But even looking into her eyes, I still saw that doomed howler falling. Turn
0: the crowd up now, we'll never back down. We shoot out a skyline. Watch it on primetime. Turn up the up now turn up the love who's gonna save the world tonight who's gonna bring it back to life
2: Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel, and we've done it. We've knocked out another book. That's, what, 20? I think I said this last time. 26. I never remember what book I'm working on until, um, you know. But 26, that's like halfway, right? I think I said this before. Very exciting stuff. We've done it. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, I personally think i smashed the cryak voice <laughs> not to uh, toot my own horn but honk honk uh, i was really pleased with how that came out so uh, i hope you guys liked it too um shout out to the uh ballad of seven uh, lucas from the ballad of seven who's the one who um sent me the tutorial i used it was a tutorial on how to make the starcraft uh, brood war Dra-Gro- dragoon voice effect Um, and I use that kind of as my basis and tweaked it a little bit, um, because the Dragoon's kind of a, like, low-voiced, mechanical-sounding voice, and the Cryak is described as being both low-voiced and mechanical, so I was like, this is a perfect marriage. (laughs) Um, and that's been your behind-the-scenes with Daniel, me, your host. Um, I don't have any messages uh, this week, but, uh, you know the drill by now. Uh, if you'd like to send it in, you can do that through audiomorphscast at gmail.com, audiomorphscast.tumblr.com through my website theapodcalypse.com and of course on twitter at audiomorphs. Uh, you can also send in um on Apple Podcasts ratings and reviews. Um I'll I'll read that. You can message me that way as well, I guess. Um and as always I'm going to try to get the supercut out uh next week uh and then have uh the 2027 20, book 27 Uh, start as well um but if i change my mind i will let you know on twitter that's at audiomorphs but it should it should be fine we'll see um yeah that's that's all i have this week thank you all so much for listening uh feels great to wrap up another book and i'll see y'all next time my name is daniel i believe one day the andalites will come until then we fight